I'm Lloyd Freeman, and this is Dimensions of Diversity. A catalyst for action. That is how my guest today describes himself. Uh, He talks about wanting to have proximity that builds empathy. And through storytelling, his goal is to humanize what it means to be inclusive and show what is possible when we build a sense of belonging. Please welcome John Samuel to the show, the CEO of Abler. Welcome, John. Thank you so much, Lloyd. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have this conversation. I really, you know, I know a little bit about your journey, but for all of our listeners, can you just kind of walk them through um, your journey? And I know we've got a book we wanted to talk about, but before we get into the book, tell us a bit more about you and a a bit more about your journey. Yeah, you know, my journey really starts uh, right here in Cary, North Carolina, where I was born and raised. And when I was in college, I was diagnosed with a degenerating eye condition called retinitis pigmentosa and was told I was going blind. And as a young person, it was it was really hard to handle. And I my actions led to me failing out of college. But you know, I kept it a secret. I didn't want people to know that I was going blind and and that I failed out of college. And and I, you know, I really kept this a secret, trying to figure out how I was going to navigate the world. And I eventually graduated in college, but knew North Carolina wasn't somewhere that was accessible for me. Mm. And so I decided to move uh, halfway around the world and moved to India where I could get a car and driver. And to me, that was the largest accessibility barrier for me. And, but, you know, I, I am of Indian descent and going to India as an Indian American really was challenging culturally and hiding the fact that I couldn't see was just, you know, added that much more challenges to the whole experience. And after a couple of years, I decided to come back home to the U S moved to New York city from New York, moved to Africa, where I started up another company where I really felt that if I could start a company, I could build a company around my own situation and set myself up for success. And, and I did, but, you know, living abroad just didn't feel the right place for me. I wanted to come back home. I wanted to settle down. I wanted to have a family, even though I didn't know if somebody who was blind could actually do that. And uh, I found that when I moved to DC and uh, met my wife, had a baby, but really Things got even more difficult uh, because as my sight diminished, I I thought there was no career for a blind person. And uh, I found my way back home serendipitously, where uh, I ended up starting another company that was really focused on helping people who are blind in my situation uh, find careers. And that kind of brought me all the way back home to North Carolina, the same place I didn't think anyone who was blind could ever live. Well, I love that how in spite of any doubts that you had, you made a path for yourself. Uh, and to be an entrepreneur in and of itself, very, very risky, uh, but but something that you've been very successful in. So talk to us yeah. about your company. What is Abler? Yeah, Abler is a disability inclusion and accessibility organization. And we have really a simple mission is to remove the barriers for people with disabilities. And we're doing that in three ways. We are eliminating the digital divide, which we're doing through our digital accessibility services. And we're changing the mindsets of people and organizations which we're doing through our disability inclusion training. And finally, we are creating pathways for employment, which we're doing through our workforce development program. And we're doing these because in my own life, I saw the accessibility barriers I faced throughout my life. And we knew we have to stop that. You know, even people I came across, whether it be managers or coworkers, that mindset, you know, the misconceptions of what somebody with a disability could do, we had to change that if we wanted to help people get into meaningful careers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had the opportunity to go to college and have this and the privilege of having uh, folks who, who, who could help me network, to help me get started, 
and we realized that that pathway for employment, not everyone has that. And it is a privilege. And we wanted to create ways for individuals who have been underemployed or unemployed to have those same type of opportunities. So we created a workforce development program. And it's probably the thing I'm most passionate about. It sounds like it. And I can tell you that you're clearly not alone. There are several yeah. people uh, who identify as having a disability and are, um, whether it be, you know, kind of through their own um, perception that they yeah. perceive there to be, you know, certain barriers um, uh, through, for accessibility in the workplace or whether it's a reality, um, but we don't want to perpetuate that. And so what is your advice for employers um, who are trying to create a workplace that's a bit more inclusive uh, and fosters more belonging for employees with disabilities? You know, it, it's such a good question because we, there's a lot that employers can do. But the first thing is, to, is if you really want to create a sense of belonging, is ask people, how can we support you? Mm-hmm. And, and really kind of understand the needs of individuals and create a culture where people feel comfortable in self-disclosing. For almost majority of my career, I did not disclose because mm-hmm. I thought employers would see it as a liability. And so Even after I, you were hired for a job, it sounds like. Exactly. Even wow. after I got hired, because I needed, I didn't want to be miss out on that promotion. I didn't want to miss out on that opportunity. And even when I went out to Africa and to start this company, I, you know, the investors of the company didn't want to send me. And it was only after I took a $20,000 investment and in 14 months generated $12 million in revenue, 2.4 million in profit, that they, they say, oh, we want to keep you. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, it comes down to the dollar and cents. But you know, what you don't realize is that people with disabilities, we're problem solvers. We're natural problem solvers. We figure out ways. And so companies can benefit from individuals with disabilities. We have to create this culture where we uh, have this acceptance, this understanding and belonging. But we have to talk to individuals and we have to make sure that people feel comfortable talking and, and sharing what they want. Because, you know, there's so many people who are hiding it. And uh, I'm sure in every organization, there's someone who's currently hiding the fact that they have a disability because they're, they're scared and ashamed. And they don't want to miss out on opportunities. So we've talked about what to do from the lens of the employer and how yeah. you can help to foster that workplace. What about for the individual? Um, this individual who's already um, trying to, whether it is mask, whether they have a disability or just navigating um, yeah. uh, the workplace with a disability, uh, what advice would you give for those individuals as to how they can be successful and how they can uh, maybe even uh, not just survive, but thrive in the workplace uh, in spite of or despite having a disability? Yeah, for sure. That's a great question. Because like, for years, like I said, I did not disclose. And, and I was ashamed of having a disability. It took me meeting a random person on the side of a road who is blind, who really kind of opened up my eyes to saying, I, my career isn't over. I can have a successful career as someone who's blind. And, but it took me seeing someone else. And for so long, I had these blinders that I felt like I was the only person in a company or out there in the workforce who had a disability or who was blind, but that wasn't the case. And so I had to learn to advocate for myself. I had to learn to speak up. And, and that's something that took me some time. And it took allies and supporters to show me that it was okay. And, and once I did that, you know, and learned how to accept and embrace and, and lean into my disability, everything opened up. And it was almost this weight that was lifted off my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. before that, you know, even though it was my eyes that was, you know, diminishing my sight, it was a pain that I felt throughout my body. There was just, I was carrying so much. My back was hurting. My legs were hurting. And the moment that I let go of that and I stopped relying on my eyes and really started talking and openly about 
what I needed to be successful, then it was like everything went away. I was much lighter and I was able to bring my best self to the workplace. And, uh, and uh, it's been amazing ever since. Wow. So not even just psychological relief, but, but physical relief. Physical. Exactly. Right. I mean, it's, it's so it's, it's, it, I couldn't even believe it. It was like, how is my eyesight causing my back to hurt, my legs to hurt, my just these migraines I was having, everything. It was wow. all physically gone once I stopped, you know, relying on my eyes. Because so for so long, I was using inverted color screens, so white text on a black background and using magnification software to, to use my computer. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, for majority of my life, that's how I was taught how to use, you know, right. to, to learn. Was right. You read something, you look at it. But once I learned how to learn as someone who is blind and use the assistive technology that people who are blind use to listen and use our other assets to be able to, to do daily tasks, it was game changing. And But unless it took me time to accept and embrace my disability and realize that, you know, I can still do the same thing. I just may do it a little bit differently, mm-hmm. but I'm going to have the same outcome. You mentioned, though, another important person in the equation, and that's the ally. Uh, and, and I heard you talk about how much um, allies contributed to your success in the workplace. Can you give me some examples or talk to me about some of the instances where there were some really impactful allies, maybe something that they said, for, said to you or something that they did for you that really yeah. helped you in navigating the workplace? Yeah, one of the most important allies in, in my career was the associate dean of the business school at George Washington University. She had actually recruited me to come to business school from when I was working in, in Africa. She wanted me to come to DC and go to grad school there. But she had no idea that I couldn't see and that I was blind. And it only came out during my orientation when I was looking for a name card where I was supposed to go sit. And I turned to the person next to me, not knowing who it was, and I asked for help. And that's when she found out. And she could empathize with what I was going through because she actually had a child with special needs. Wow. And when she found out about this, she's like, John, you got to be open about your vision loss. You got to talk to your classmates about this. And, and I had been keeping it a secret. Even when I had started the business in Africa, I never told people. It was this unspoken thing. All of a sudden, I had to start talking. She encouraged me to talk about it openly. And I started to talk to my classmates. And, and it was like the first time I could be my authentic self. And I was able to open up my heart. And as a result, I was able to meet my wife and find love for the very first time. Well, you did more than just talk to colleagues. I mean, you took it to the big stage and I know that you've got a TED talk uh, and in that TED talk, you know, you're very candid and you talk about some of those frustrations. Um, yeah. Can you talk about maybe some of the highlights from, from that TED talk and uh, some of the advice you give people uh, generally, because I'm sure it can be applicable to anyone, irrespective of whatever dimension of diversity uh, that you possess or how you identify. Um, what's some of your best advice that you go over in the TED talk? Yeah, my, the idea of belonging, that's what the title of my like the real concept of, of my TED talk. And we've been talking a lot about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so when I started openly talking about my vision loss now to employers, because I, I had opened up about it in my personal life, but I still thought organizations and companies would see it as a liability. But around six years ago, I realized I needed, I needed to reach out to organizations who would be willing to be you know, inclusive of me, be willing to hire a diverse workforce. And so I started reaching out to every single DEI program in North Carolina. And not a single one of those organizations reached back out to me. Wow. And I started thinking about with my education, my experience, and my privilege, if I can't find a job, uh, you know, 
how what are other people with disabilities? Mm -hmm. And I started thinking about it. I said, the problem is a lot of diversity, equity, inclusion programs weren't thinking about disability. And what was missing was accessibility. And so that's when I shifted up the acronym of DEI to include accessibility. So inclusion, diversity, equity, and accessibility. And that gives you the idea acronym. Idea. Yeah. Right. And that's where it comes to. Like we have to, if we really want to, you know, equity is about creating equal playing field, but we need accessibility to help people with disabilities and not even just people with disabilities. Think about the access barriers. We have people in rural communities, urban yep. communities. We have access is much larger than just people with disabilities. We need to provide access to people to get a place at the table. I love it. I love it. <laughs> something something else I love is your book title. Uh, so I know that you've <laughs> written a book and the title, very cheeky, uh, Don't Ask the Blind Guy for Directions. Tell us a bit about the book. Yeah, you know, it is my journey around the globe because it took me 30,000 miles to go around this globe. I went from, you know, like I mentioned, from the U.S. to India to mm -hmm. the U.S. to Africa to back to the U.S. and going back and forth because I was looking for something. I was looking for love. I was looking for confidence. I was looking for a place where I belonged. And, you know, it really, you know, the cheeky aspect of it is that it took me going all around the world. And I bumped into this, like I mentioned, this random guy on the side of the street in my own neighborhood. I had never met another blind person in my entire life Wow! in 17 years. Mm -hmm. And it took me going all around the world to find a guy who was just a hundred feet away from me. And he changed my life. His name is Ed Summers. He was the director of accessibility at a data science company called SAS. And, you know, really meeting Cam, it took me, you know, 17 years and 30,000 miles to meet this gentleman. And he showed me that my, my career and my life was just starting. And, and it is a journey of learning how to, what's possible when you accept yourself. And uh, I'm always grateful for Ed. I can only imagine, though, in all of those travels, even though, of course, you know, one of the most impactful was right there in your backyard. Yeah. What are some of the most memorable experiences from from all of those uh, amazing travels? Yeah, I mean, I had the opportunity to just go all over the world. I went to over 30 countries and navigating it as someone who can't see, I relied on the goodness of people. Hmm. And that was something that's so interesting is that innately, I found goodness in people. I was always scared. I thought for the, you know, the, my own safety, I didn't disclose my, my disability, my blindness. And I did have situations, and I share that in the book, of situations where I was in danger. But overall, I saw the goodness of people. And one of my favorite places I ever went was Uganda. And the people were just so nice. The, you know, the, the weather, the whole culture of Uganda, Kampala was just so welcoming, and I loved it. And as a result, I had the opportunity to visit East Africa quite, quite a bit, and Kilimanjaro, my Mount Kilimanjaro, really became this this goal of mine. You know, I wanted to be a top thirty uh, executive under thirty in Africa, and uh -huh. I wanted to reach the highest point in Africa, the physical peak. And uh, I, I feel like I was able to do both of those things. Wow, and it's just amazing. Wow, you know, <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, uh, we already always talk about affinity bias and sometimes we talk about it in the negative, you know, we talk about how, um, identifying in a certain way, you only want to hire other people, you know, yeah. who identify in the same way as you, or we talk about maybe in the way that you promote, um, or in the way that you are, um, you know, giving opportunities, but I can tell you that 
niceness. It also breeds niceness. And so I'm sure that that was just emanating. Uh, Don't ask the blind guy for directions. Certainly sounds like it's inspiring. Um, Very much so a book of empowerment. Uh, But John, I can tell you that your story is absolutely amazing. Uh, I can't wait to read the book. Hoping that all of our listeners do as well. Tell us more about where they can find the book and where they can reach out to you for um, uh, more updates on your journey. Oh, thank you, Lloyd. That, I mean, I'm, I'm so appreciative of you for just saying that and uh, and uh, and for sharing this platform. Um, people can go to www.johngsamuel.com. That's johngsamuel.com, where they can uh, read a little bit more about me and get access to my book. And on social media, you can reach me at, at John G. Samuel. And uh, I'm most most active on LinkedIn, and I love connecting with folks. And uh, I'm just so thankful. And I hope that you know my story and my journey can you know help anyone going through any issues or challenges because you know it's it's something that is universal. We all go through things in our life, but it's how we uh, come out on the end. Wonderful way to end the show, mm-hmm. John. Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks, Lloyd. <laughs>